afternoon, good afternoon, good morning, good morning, wherever you are in this great wide internet world. How are you doing out there? Thank you once again for listening to the A KD Ripple Walk at NDOC podcast. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Doing just fine today. Doing just fine. The wildcat is ready to growl, growl, growl. I'm a happy man today. NDOC, how are you doing? Morning, gentlemen. I'm doing well this morning. Wildcat, you are the kind of sport reporter to tell everybody why you're happy, sir. Well, let's see. First of all, let me get these uh, scores out of the way, and then we'll talk about some things, and, and I'll get some little add-ons. All right, let's go with football. Yesterday, we had uh, Rice 30, Tulsa 27. Another village shines in the uh, OT for Rice's win over Tulsa. They are now 2-0 and in conference play, and Tulsa is looking up to everyone. Uh, PV 31, Grambling 3. The local Grambling is... Doc will talk about that later, but uh, Grambling is really having some problems. Alabama State 34, TSU 2. Doc has definitely got to explain how TSU gets two points late in the fourth quarter. And then we have the uh, Olympic Sports um, Volleyball. TSU picked up two wins this uh, two wins and matches this week against OBU 3-1. And conference win, UAB, uh, UAPB 3-1. Tulsa beat Rice 3-0. And our uh, game this week, and our match, the soccer uh, volleyball match this week, HBU lost to Incarnate Word 3-1 in volleyball. U of H is now 3-0 and in conference play and has a three-match win streak. Women's soccer, it was Southern 3, TSU 2, better match than it was last time I saw them in last season's finale uh, of women's soccer. And in the SWAC, Rice was is one of... Uh, one over North Texas, 4-0. They played Tulsa today at t- um, 3 o'clock on TV. It was Stephen F. Austin, z- uh, 0, HBU, 2. U of H is 0-3 in conference play and hosts Louisville today at home. Men's soccer, HBU, t- 2, University of uh, Missouri, K- KC, 1 and HBU's men is on a five-match win streak. And uh, the local uh, NAIA, St. Thomas and U of H Victoria went to a 0-0 nail, uh, uh, tie on the other night, on yesterday. And now St. Thomas is 6-2-1, and and they're 2-0 in the Red River. And, fellas, what's on the subject, what's on the topic, what's on your mind? You got any more insight or any more thoughts on Rice's road win at Tulsa? I tell you, well, first there was uh, there was one Dillard, young uh, Jared, uh, All American from Rice years back. Uh, the last time I think it was in 2006. Uh, last time that Rice won on the uh, same way on the road and in overtime, and at that point uh, it was Chase Clement and uh, JD on two touchdown passes in overtime to uh, pull off the win on the road and send Rice into a situation, into the Netherlands to where they hadn't been for a while, off to a bowl game to the New Orleans Bowl. And I tell you, I'm a happy guy today because freshman Jared Dillon pulled off his only pass reception of the game, a touchdown from Taylor McCard. And over T, six, right gets the win, and Tulsa is looking up. I'm a happy guy today because now the train is back on the track. They're hitting the rails hard. Looks like U of H and Rice both will be headed to bowl games. It's just a matter now of 
what goes on in, in conference play and where they're laying. And I think that's a good thing, you know, for the Houston area because uh, even though this is a pro town, we still got college football going on. HBU gets back into pl- college play this weekend at uh, BBVA. They play Abilene Christian. Uh, and U of H also gets back into play this week. Uh, they play a host Memphis. Uh, for an 11 a.m. game at uh, BBVA. That'll be a double for who down. It'll be interesting how the turf looks after that. Uh, after the two games on Saturday. But uh, what's going on with you today, sir? I know you're some ba- uh, basketball has gotten started, so what do we got? Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the hoops in a, in a bit. Uh, you touched on the Cougs host Memphis. The game is at 11 o'clock. Cougs uh, 4-0, undefeated. Memphis is horrible. Uh, the Memphis is coming off a 24-17 loss at home Saturday to UCF. Quick rundown. It was a pretty light day in the act football on Saturday. Louisville remains undefeated. The only other undefeated team in the American Athletic Conference was a 30-7 win over Temple. Rutgers and SMU looked like they were playing a basketball game with this final score of Rutgers 55, SMU 52 in Dallas yeah, Saturday afternoon. Uh, once again, UCF 24, Memphis 17. And lastly, to wrap it up, USF 26, Cincinnati 20. So we got the game on October 10th between Rutgers and Louisville. That's be uh, one of the marquee matchups of the act football season. See, Teddy Bridgewater game is going to be on ESPN. And then on the 11th, Temple Cincinnati game. At one point, people thought it was going to be a little bit better than it is. Looks like, looks now, but still a TV game. Now, the Cougars game against Memphis is going to be on ESPN News. If for anybody out there listening, want to catch that game on ESPN News Saturday, instead of going to, uh, BBVA slash Tigers Stadium Dynamo slash TSU, whatever you want to call it, but the way TSU is playing football right now, uh, would call it Dynamo Stadium because the TSU football team is horrible. And they probably be the best chance of getting a win is, is, uh, versus Grambling later on this season with a slim chance to get against uh, Howard. I was tweeting during the Rockets game last night. I was following on Twitter. <clears throat> One of my people is a TSU alum, and I tweeted about them, and they mentioned how it may, may be another shot for the Tigers to get their one victory. But even they said they weren't very certain that they could beat Howard. So we'll see how that, all, all that plays out. You know, and I, and it's... it's only Doc can explain this better than I can, because he's he's there, uh, he's close to the, to the situ- close to the situation than I am. Uh, how that program has gone from the mountaintop down into the valley and almost at Death Valley. And Doc, you can go and give it your your uh, HBCU update. And, and go into some details about TSU's awful performance yesterday. You know, I heard it. It took them nearly the first half to get their first first down versus Alabama State. So that gives you an idea of how badly the Tigers looked yesterday. Inept in front of a room full of people. But one of our colleagues dropped by and joined me at the Rocket game. And we were in the media lounge. And he said that the amount of people at the football game were about the same as the number of people in the media room while we eating snacks at halftime. That was about 10. So I'm sure he was exaggerating slightly. But you can get the idea of how a few people were at the game to watch the Tigers lose 34-2 to Alabama State. So we let Doc go on and talk about HBCUs, give updates on that. Well, Fifth Ward Wildcat, as you open up with the scores... I'll give you some updates on what took place around the local scene for the HCU sports. But I want to talk about uh, 
HBCU program in the state of Texas. I've covered the regional sports, but I've been relaxing on providing more information on uh, the state HBCU. There's a third HBCU program that plays in the state of Texas. They play at the NAIA level, and that is Texas College Steers. The Texas College Steers, uh, they were open this weekend, but the past previous weekend, they had a big win, the first win of the season, because they're currently 1-3. and three. They had a win on Wayland Baptist, a win over Wayland Baptist, 36-29. to 29. So that'll give you an update on there. In terms of the local scene, we had uh, two programs play this past weekend. Uh, one dominated their competition, and the other got dominated. So let me give you a little update on what was going on there in terms of, let's first start out with the not so pleasant news, Texas Southern, and then we'll go maybe to a little more of the pleasant news. Uh, Texas Southern hosted Alabama State this past weekend, and they were pretty much dominated in that game. Uh, Alabama State Hornets was 34-2 to as the final, as you said, um, but to give you a little insight in the game, it was 28-0 at halftime. Daniel Duhart completed 19 of 29 passes, 223 yards, and three touchdowns. He uh, actually threw those three touchdowns before the half. As I said, they went in 28-0. to zero. Alabama State is now 4-2 and 4-1 and and in the sweat, while Texas Southern is 0-5 and 0-4 and and in the sweat. And uh, as we'll look at what Prairie View did, uh, we'll find out maybe that because uh, Prairie View played in the State Fair Classic against Grandma are now also winless. So that game between Texas Southern and Grambling may be for who, whichever team uh, gets the win and prepares not to go winless this season. But Alabama State rolled. They put up 464 total yards. And uh, this is actually now uh, the fact that they have rushed for over 200 yards in every game this season. And this is a little bigger insight in terms of the fact that this is Prairie View's next week's opponent. Prairie View travels to Alabama State, so this should be an interesting matchup. Um, on the defensive side for the Hornets, they only allowed the Tigers 185 total yards and only allowed them to convert 2 of 16 on third down. So the Tigers are struggling mildly in terms of what they're able to do on the offensive side. Well, now to maybe more of the pleasant news in terms of a regional program which is the Purdue and Panthers. They defeated uh, Grambling State 31-3. And as much as Texas Southern was dominated, Purdue uh, really jumped on Grambling State, thumped them pretty hard. And if it wasn't for the rain in the fourth quarter, which pretty much forced the teams to run the ball predominantly to try to run out the clock, because the running clock there, and there was lightning coming in the way. They wanted to try to get the game in. So... Uh, in, at first, it thought that it looked like Prairie was going to run away. They jumped up and took an early 10 nothing lead. Uh, Grambling fought back, kicked the field goal, 10-3. Um, both the field goals for both teams were um, turnovers that allowed them to set up for the field goal. But right before the half, it looked like it was going to get interesting. Grambling had a chance to tie the game. They were moving a lot of momentum, uh, a little maybe possible clock management issues. Uh, with some play callings as uh, they got inside the red zone with basically a first and goal. Ran the ball on first down, couldn't get in, lost a yard actually as Prairie View stuffed them. So you go to second down, um, clock was running down under a minute, um, so they were only had one timeout, 
couldn't quite get the alignment they wanted to do, so they were forced to call uh, a timeout the Grandland State Tigers were. And then as they couldn't get in at that point, because um, they ran the ball again after they got stuffed, and so time was running out. So on third down, they quickly got in the, uh, into uh, the, to call the next play and hike the ball. Um, but because of the time was running out on that third down, when they hiked the ball, they had to spike it to make sure they can get the uh, uh, next play in, and that meant it was fourth down. So then they were forced to um, probably kick a field goal, which is what they decided to do instead of running the play, obviously. And the field goal kicker hit the post, and so um, Prairie View went in with the momentum instead of the game tied, or even 10-6 to six at that point. It remained 10-3. to three. So Lovelock came out, put up 21 points, uh, in the uh, third quarter, two of those scores, one was on a lateral picked up by linebacker um, James Paul Bryant. Many people are familiar with him, the grandson of the legendary coach Bear Bryant in the Houston, Texas area. This is the second time he had a big game. He's likely to get newcomer of the week, which would be the second time if he does get it. He got it once earlier this year uh, after a big game. Uh, against Texas Southern. So he continues to play big. Uh, Lovelock again had a big game as he uh, put up. He did have an interception. Uh, big pass plays to Courtney Brown. Uh, they got in for a touchdown. DeAndre Cooper continues to do well. Uh, so Prairie now goes to 4-2, and 3-1. and one. As I say, it gets interesting because their next game is against Alabama State that's playing big football. Uh, the thing that you've seen in this game for the first time, Prairie View's defense really made a stance and uh, fought off Grambling State and, uh, and really stopped them from getting any momentum, which would be interesting to see if Prairie View can take that into the Alabama State Hornets game. So with that, let me get to the top 10 poll to let you know what's going on with the major division. I do a mid-major and major division. If you want to get the top 10 for the mid-major division, you can go to autodon.com. That's www. O-N-N-I-D-A-N.com. Um, you can also get the top 10 there. Again, if you want the top 10, you can go to collegesportingnews.com, which has a report with it uh, for a little more detail. But the top 10 this week continues to be all the same top 10 teams. There is a little change in terms of the ranking as nobody received votes, nobody dropped out. And in fact, Everybody pretty much stayed the same except for a couple of teams at the top of the poll that had head-to-head matchups. So let's get to it. At number 10, you have the Southern Jaguars, 2-3 and three on the season. They did not play last weekend, so they remain at the 10th spot. They will be hosting the Alabama A&M Bulldogs this week, who are coming off the Bulldogs that uh, is coming off a loss to a home loss, homecoming loss to Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils, where they were pretty much dominated 28-3. Uh, to three. So it'll be interesting, 28 to 9, I should say, excuse me. So at number 9, you have North Carolina Central Eagles 3-2 on the season. Um, they had their first MEAC action, and they defeated the Howard Bison 37-28. They have a tough matchup coming up, which will be interesting. They're versus South Carolina State Bulldogs uh, this upcoming week. At number 7, excuse me, at number 8, you have the Alcorn State Braves 4-2. Stand at the A spot after defeating Warner Southern Royals, 57-0. Uh, no surprise there. They're versus Grambling State Tigers this week. Um, that was a big, huge upset as Alcorn got played Grambling last year with the opening game and surprised a lot of people. 
Um, so they're hosting Grambling this week. Shouldn't be any changes. The Braves are obviously seeming to be much stronger in the competition at this point, as you see from the Grambling State Tigers. At number seven, Prairie View A&M Panthers, four and two on the season, seventh ranked. So they remain at that position after they defeating Grambling State Tigers, thirty-one to three. As we said, in dominating fashion, they're on the road to Montgomery, Alabama, as they take on the Alabama State Hornets, which means that's a top 10 matchup, which brings us to number six, the Alabama State Hornets, 4-2 and on the season, remaining at the sixth spot after they defeated uh, Texas Southern Tigers 34-2. to They're versus, as we said, Prairie and m Panthers as they host the Panthers next week. At number five, yeah, the Jackson State Tigers, 4-2, and uh, remain at the fifth spot. They had an early score. Scared, maybe, from the Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, as they came from behind after trailing 32-28. to They win the game with a late touchdown to seal it, 42-33. They're with their in-state rival on the road at Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils. And I, as I told you that the Devils had a big win as they got their first win on the season over the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. At number four, yep, North Carolina A&T Aggies, 3-1 on the season, previous ranked two, so they dropped two spots after losing to the South Carolina State Bulldogs, 29-24. Classic matchup in the Atlanta Football Classic, very good game. Uh, A&T had that lead before South Carolina State got a blocked uh, punt that led to a field goal, I mean led to a safety, and then ended up allowing South Carolina State to cook the field goal to go ahead where they never trailed again in that game. They're on the road this week. They're at Hampton Pirates, who are winless on the season. At number three, you have the South Carolina State Bulldogs, 4-2, four, four first-place votes. Uh, <clears throat> as they move up from the fourth spot once position after defeating, as we said, North Carolina A&T State Aggies at 29-24. They're versus the other North Carolina Central program, North Carolina Central Eagles. So that's on the road, and there will be in Durham, and that sets up a top-10 matchup for the Bulldogs for the second consecutive week. And number two, you have Tennessee State Tigers, 5-1 on the season with two first-place votes. They move up from the third position uh, after defeating Southeast Missouri State Redhawks, 40-16, really dominating their competition at this point, playing some very good football. But they're on the road, stiff competition as they stay in the Ohio Valley Conference now. They're on the road versus Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Should be an interesting uh, game there. Gamecocks are playing well this year with only one loss. To the number one team, the number one team is Bethune Cookman Wildcats, four and one on the season with six first place votes. They defeat Delaware State Hornets in the first MEAC action, twenty one to seven. They did go down in that game, seven to zero, but they came back, finished them off, twenty one to seven. Now they're versus Howard Bison on the road as they travel back uh, up north in the MEAC, this time to the nation's capital, again versus Howard Bison, who are winless in terms of con conference competition their long win on the season is a division two uh morehouse college in the classic uh, the nation's classic up there so again the top 10 teams in the major division poll football poll for dr ville in 2013 week six are uh, number 10 southern jaguars at number nine north carolina central eagles at number eight alcorn state braves at number seven previa and the panthers at number six alabama state hornets at number five jackson state tigers at number four, North Carolina A&T Aggies. At number three, South Carolina State Bulldogs. At number two, Tennessee State Tigers. And number one, Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. Did you see the game Thursday at Longhorns beat Iowa State coming behind? I saw the highlights. I was still shocked. Only because, like you and most other people, that UT won the game. 
Yes, the Longhorns narrowly escaped on the Iowa State Cyclones in that uh, 31-30 victory down there, scoring on what some seemed to be a controversial, even though I thought it was the right call in terms of uh, not being a fumble there. But they get away with the victory. You know, especially the way they did. And then I noticed, and then, the, you know, because the, actually the, the lead-in was a rant by uh, uh, our state coach after the game was over with in uh, post-interview. And it uh, it got a little ugly. You know, either, either the, the officials made a mistake, uh, game clock management or something, but somebody made it to, to, to wasn't paying attention when they should have been. But you know Mac, he was just happy to get out of there with a win and moving into this game coming up closely with uh, against Oklahoma, which I said earlier would be a bellwether. It may be the death mail, you know, for what's going on. Because uh, now uh, young Ash has been set to the side based because of his concussion uh, uh, situation and I hope it's not the end of his career and all because the uh, medical field is definitely starting to take a lot of notice to what's going on at an earlier age and they don't want to take a chance and you know, on the college level you can sit a guy a lot longer than you can on the pros because of the money factor that's involved uh, college allows you to, to do some things extra including doing some extra testing and I just hope that uh, Ash gets another shot, you know, to get out on the field. But right now, uh, Coach McCoy is getting it done for what the, the Longhorns need done. And it'll be interesting what he looks like against Oklahoma, which knows they need to put some distance between the two uh, as much as possible and not give UT a chance to uh, turn things around against them. You know, long, I mean, I really forgot about the game Thursday. Uh, I was on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and I was like, oh, yeah, the game's on. And it was late fourth quarter, and I, when I turned to it, and, and it was literally the last minute of, I think, ball game. Long was just going ahead. I think 31-30 <clears throat> was the final score. I think I just missed uh, the controversial fumble, not fumble, on the one-yard line. Uh, and then the long one scored for the game when it touched down, and I saw how QB get sacked, pressured, Ball pops up in the air and Longwood intercepted to close out the game and wrap it up. Longwood's 2 0 in conference play, so you got to give them credit for that at least. But now they're going to play the big boys of, of the Big 12. And I think the reality was set in. The clock was strike 12. Sorry to my friend who's a Longhorn graduate who I love. She you know I love her dearly, but she also knows that I tell like it is. And I think the Longhorns are in trouble. And outside of that, they still kind of have some off field issues as. Juan Cosby takes over for the running back uh, on the broadcast uh, sideline reporting. As, uh, he also has his own radio show down there in Longhorn Land. Ronald Babers there uh, as he was taking some of his callers and some of his callers were uh, upset with the Texas Longhorn programs and Mac Brown. And he agreed with some of them. Well, they said Matt Brown called him into the office and told him he didn't like what he was doing. And the next thing you know, uh, he said, you're supposed to be part of the family. That's what, at least that's what the rumors are. And Ronald Baber's like, well, you know, I'm doing the show and just uh, telling it like it is. And next thing you know, he decided 
uh, or was told or however you want to put it, that uh, he needed to resign from his post uh, because of conflict of interest with his other job. And Quan Cosby is now the new sideline reporter. So still a lot of things going on in Longhorn Town down there. So I thought I'd give you a little update on that in my viewpoint. So not going to get any easier for the Longhorns, particularly at near the end of the season as Baylor finds a way to continue to rack up the points. Oklahoma's obviously is strong. That's probably going to be the next big one. And uh, Oklahoma State is not going to be a joke as well. So we'll see how this plays out. <laughs> Especially you see what Baylor's doing to people. You, you know what? It's, you know, we we kind of conversed about that and kind of talked about that early on. But it looks like they're on a run. You know, it's, it's, Baylor dropped 73 points against West Virginia Saturday. 73 points. That's a football score, okay? And 73 points at like 40-something at halftime. Now, now, my question goes, and I, I, I put this out uh, earlier this, uh, late, late last night. Lacey should be getting a shot. You know, should be starting to get some notice or some votes because it's not his fault that he's not needed in the second half of a game. You know, because why beat a net now? With a, with a sledgehammer when all you need is just a thumbprint. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, I mean they have so many offensive, they have so much offensive firepower. Uh, during the, like I said, I love Twitter, but during the Rockets game against the Pelicans in the preseason opener, they were tweets about Baylor has scored 28 points in a, a one quarter. In every game they played so far this year, right. at least one time, right. had a 28 point quarter. In every game they played thus far this year, I mean, the scores they're, they're putting up, they had 300 total yards of offense in the first quarter versus West Virginia. In the first quarter. So, in the scoring drive for the first half, I think they had one interception, the other scoring drive, the other seven scoring drives, one play 80 yards, one play 70 yards, one play 80 yards. I mean, it's, it's just, mind-blowing to see what they're doing on offense and you got people already talking about they're looking forward to how much they would really like to see Baylor play Oregon and the track meet that that football game would would be because neither team is great defensively but they have so much offensive firepower that um, the final score could be like 77 to 70 or something I mean that is just how things go the only way that match would happen would be if Alabama loses, gets knocked out of their first spot, and then somehow Baylor ends up undefeated, Oregon ends up undefeated, and both those two teams are the only two undefeated teams left to play in the championship game. But I think that's kind of a long shot to happen. But, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. But Lake C. Strong, you talked talk about it, had his eighth consecutive 100-yard rushing game. He didn't even play in the second in the second half, so he got 100 yards in, in, in uh, the first half. 15 carries for 172 yards. And one of those was an 80 yard touchdown run in the first half. Baylor scored 56 points in the first half, put it on cruise control in the second half, and only scored, uh, only scored 17 points in the second half. As West Virginia put some things, both on the boards in the fourth quarter, only scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, and then meaningless, you know, try to save some base. But final score was 73 42. Baylor remains undefeated. They're 17th ranked. I mean, you know, granted, they haven't played a, but, too many tough opponents yet, but that's about to ramp up a bit. But also keep in mind, West Virginia beat Oklahoma State last week, yeah. which shocked the hell out of me. 
and, and uh, but then that question came up about why would they pick you know preseason to uh, to uh, win the Big Twelve? Mm-hmm. You know, and now it's, it's starting to come to pass. You know, just like you say, getting into the media thing. Texas Tech now is, uh, I think it's 4-0 and moving up in the charts. They uh, ranked, uh, matter of fact, the um, AP just came out. Uh, Tech is ranked 20th at 5-0 and as of yesterday. And the uh, top 25 buster this year is supposed to be Fresno State. They're five and zero, and and uh, in the uh, Mountain West, and they moved up two spots this week. But let me give you this top ten and all out of the AP. The, the uh, coaches poll will be late on this afternoon. And as usual, you know the the top five uh, remain the same: is Alabama, Oregon, Clemson, Ohio State, Stanford, and then there are changes and all to the next uh, next five. Florida State moved from eight to number six. Georgia moved from seven uh, from. Uh, Swap places with Louisville. Uh, no, Georgia dropped down. I'm sorry, they dropped dropped down one. Uh, that's right, because they're four and one. Uh, and but they beat Tennessee and a uh, uh, a scrapper came from behind. <laughs> beat Tennessee in overtime. Yeah. Uh, Louisville is five five and zero. Oh. They uh, dropped down one uh, from seven. And uh, A&M, which was inactive this week, they remain at number nine at four and one. And then number ten, still the same, is LSU, and their their offense is starting to come around now. The key for them will be, will they be able to stop Alabama when that game is scheduled? That's going to be the, that'll be the deciding factor because the SEC is just, as they say, it's just the SEC. That's what they do each against each other. Ohio State, they bothered me this weekend. You know, they they. Just, Struggling out, uh, the game was close in the first half, which it shouldn't have been. Was struggling with Northwestern, yeah. yeah. But for whatever reason, it was and it did. I had to give on Northwestern a lot of credit. They put up a fight. They weren't just gonna give it up. Well, Ken, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm shaking my head at the same time. I'm looking at my feeble fantasy football teams. I have two of them, one, and one at the job, and one with my poet friends. And if anyone knows me, I'm, I'm very big into poetry, spoken word, and I got into a league with some poets, and they are kicking my behind. This year's wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So poetry people, I have no, no, but, and, no, this is the kicker. Let me tell you, let me, let me tell you and the listeners out there who are listening to our podcast right here, I'll be keeping it real. I'm one in three in the poetry league, lost two in a row. Um, <clears throat> injuries, Aaron Rodgers not being Aaron Rodgers, that, that, that helped me, yeah. that hurt me, that hurt me again today. He's got like four points, which is, my quarterback has four points, I'm in trouble. So this is how things are going. I have Aaron Rodgers in one league, Tom Brady in the other, and neither one of them have done anything worth a damn today. So, uh, one in three in the poetry league, I'm playing the own four person, the only other person, the only person who's winless in our league, and she's beating me. She's beating me, and she doesn't even know what, she, what she's doing. And she's beating me. That's how things are going for me this season. And it's having a rough. <laughs> I hope this is just, just a, one of these Sunday aberrations that you just, and tomorrow when you wake up, <laughs> things will be different. And, and at the league at the job, I'm losing to a, a co worker, despite the fact she has, I think, six players left. I'm still losing. <laughs> That's how things are going for me today in fantasy football. So, but that's okay. This is the KD and Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc Podcast. Wildcat, how can folks find you on the internet? Too? You can find me on the internet uh, at uh, AKSV DCSR uh, on uh, YouTube and 
on Blogger, you can find me at the College Sports Report. I'm fixing to uh, get some help from from KG to add another blog that will include uh, high school and community affairs uh, because I'm venturing off into a, another line, another avenue that they call it in class, and. It looks like it's gonna work out for me down the road. Uh, some some things are uh, uh, I'm getting noticed, and uh, I'm out to help myself. You know, get to a point where I want where I want to be and where I want to go. On Twitter, tweet that whatever it is, however you all see it out there. Uh, you can find me at AKSVDCSR and KG back to you. Oh, Doc. Yeah, Doc, how can folks find you? Get in touch with you on, on uh, the internet and social media. Yes, I'm Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, and you can find me at the social media sites Facebook, Twitter, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D R K E N Y T T A C A V I L. That's D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. You can also get my weekly reports that come out on Thursday on the College Sporting News. With, in regards to HBC major division programs, that is the collegesportingnews.com, www.collegesportingnews.com. You can email me if you want direct reports. That's kcaville, K-C-A-V-I-L, at th-agency.com. And, of course, I'm KG. My website is HoustonRoundBarView.com, www.HoustonRoundBarView.com. I have a YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar Review. Facebook fan pages around Bar View, men's and hoops, women's sports blogs. You can catch those out there as well. Go to the HoustonRoundBarView.com and see the links to both blogs. And now we can talk about the sport that's near and dear to my heart, basketball. You've seen the U of H men or U of H women play or practice. 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 Uh, play. Both, both, not, both you and I have seen the women practice. Either one of us were impressed. Just being honest, they weren't an impressive group. Um, I'm not going to call out any names yesterday for all that. And, and that's I'm all. Saying, I was impressed. <clears throat> I, uh, I don't know how they're going to prepare for conference play. But, that's uh, why. That's the biggest reason why I'm not impressed. Because I know they're in the conference now with, with big-time basketball. Right. With Louisville, Rutgers, USF. And of course, the queen of the mountain, Connecticut. Yeah. And uh, at some point, things are going to have to uh, change. Uh, and I'm referencing players right now uh, because at some point, your heart has got to take you where you where you need to go because that's all you have to fall back on. Because you're the person, you're the one that's out on the floor. Uh, you're the one wearing the uniform. Coaching on the coach and call timeout for for so long. After that. Players got to be players, and in this in the in the American basketball conference, trust me, those are players. Because uh, on uh, uh, when when you talk to the fellas, especially, they all mentioned that on uh, on last week that that media the media day, uh, and even in the one on ones, that it's all about getting to the next level. And in that conference, there are guys that uh, are going to the next level. Uh, and they definitely uh, went. Uh, mentioned I brought out uh, UConn and uh, and Louisville and said to uh, uh, Tayshawn and and uh, uh, I can't think of this, this young man's name. Now, did, did, Daniel House? 
than your house. And yet, that uh, those two schools put a lot of guys into the league, but they also make the conference what it is and what did and, and get them to the mountaintop. And folks, uh, those games come up like in I think in January, or late December, when when. Conference play starts roughly last week of December, yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting where they are and where they'll be ready, or whether they'll be ready now for conference play. One thing for sure, Louisville, Louisville will be bringing their fans in. There's quite a few alumni here. Mm-hmm. So it's the same with, with UConn. I didn't know exactly to, to the, what extent until those two teams came to town when UConn came to play Rice and Louisville showed up the last time and out to uh, uh, play uh, at Europe at Hawthorne. So it'll be interesting what uh, what transpires now between now and then. Uh, but the one thing I am impressed with, they're in shape. They're ready. The, the fellas are ready to go. You know, it's a uh, guard play. I think what, what it'll ball, ball down to would be everybody get familiar with each other. You know, and, and like Coach mentioned, uh, Coach Dickey mentioned the other day, uh, they hadn't started putting time on every, on everybody yet. You know, guys hadn't called for minutes. So when that when they when they start with the minutes situation, he said that's when he'll find out whether he'll have, you know, what kind of chemistry he'll have as far as uh, which what what guys will work together in certain situations because that was one of the things that uh, they were uh, had some issues with on last season, especially midway when they had that slump. Guys weren't. Uh, one chemistry together to pull that uh, pull that way out of it. Now, the UT game being what it was. I find I, I can't use it as a judge anymore because of what transpired at UT toward the end of the season. The Longhorns were not that that, that good finishing out. So uh, it is what it is. But right now it's all about the American Basketball Conference, not the AC football. True. I was at uh, saw the fellows practice Saturday, and uh, I was impressed. You know, I saw the front court looks to be very good, very athletic, long, long arms, active, a lot of dunking and impacts finishing strong around the basket. Um, once again, the key would be point guard play. Point guard position has improved. Uh, I think Tion Womack should probably get to, in my opinion, get the first shot at the running offense. He when he ran the offense last year toward the end of the season, the team was much more better. Half-court offense was much more better with him running the show. Uh, LG Rose will get time there as well. The Cougars have depth at every position, at point guard, wing spots, and the front court. Uh, some newcomers I saw yesterday looked good. Chicken Knowles looked good. Red shirt, and he'll be a first-year player. He looked good. I was impressed by Ahmed Amdi, uh, freshman from uh, Trinidad National uh by way of Egypt, international ball, international players have changed. I'm telling you, because this young man, you know, years ago, international players, big men, were standing around and out, three-point line and jack-up shots. Our man was dunking everything within five feet. He was going to the hole strong and finishing strong. You know, you know who he reminded me of? person we, see, we saw that moved on from he the looked, He looked like Arsalan. That we, that's who he looked like. He looked just like Arsalan. I'm tell you something. <laughs> that's when I realized, like, oh, Something else is going on overseas. Yeah, because Arsenal was the first wing guy that I had seen just went just put the ball on the floor and said, "Okay, I'm gonna find out." 
Yeah, and I mean, it's bigger than Arsenal. It's heavier than Arsenal. And that's what makes that's what's gonna make a difference. That's gonna give Tayshawn a lot of open space to do what he does up under the back, inside on the block. Because now you do have that big wing out on the that can step out. Not only just knock down shots, but can put the ball on the floor and move inside. And that'll, that'll open up the whole floor. It'll be interesting, you know, with teams will look at this, this this squad and they're questioning guard play until they get situated and get settled. I'm like you, you know, it, it's it's better, it's way better, you know, at, at, at the point guard because it all come down to the decisions in a game situation. And once that happens, those guys get familiar. I'm gonna stand by this. This could be Coochie, could be. I mean, legitimately could be from the beginning to end. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you kidding me about this couple of podcasts ago on the everything goes well, they're going to the NCAA tournament. If it goes less than well, they're going to the NIT. Right. I think that's it. I don't think I don't think they will do any worse than either one of those two. I'm not talking about CBI, BC, whatever other, that other stuff. Mm-hmm. One of those two, anything less than that, something happened to turn the season down the toilet. But that was a good thing. Interview Coach James Dickey of the Cougars. That interview is available on the Houston Brown Barker YouTube channel as well as on Men's Who's blog. Uh, kudos to the Cougars for retweeting the video. Uh, they posted that. And let me say this. I forgot to mention this earlier about my going through my Twitter and stuff. I forgot to say I'm on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. I'm on Instagram as well at Houston Brown Ball Review. I got pictures of posted couple pictures from practice of U of H men and U of H women, as well as some pics from a Rockets game against the Pelicans, and also including the, a clip of the Rockets power dancers. That's on my round bar view Instagram account. I tried it out. I figured why not? Why not try it out with, with some, some women? So you know it worked pretty well. So you can check that out. You know it's 15 seconds. I think that's the max for a video on Instagram. So check that out. Go to go to Instagram. Thank those who are. Follow me on Instagram. I got followers on that now. I've got followers all over the place now. It's growing. Things are growing for all three of us. So things are moving forward for us. Yeah. If you want to become a sponsor of the podcast, get in touch with the three of us about that as well. Um, now let's talk Rockets. <clears throat> okay, what ha- what trans? First of all, let me hear what transpired toward the end, and then we'll go through the game. At the end, it was just a question of poor defense. It was a question of youngsters on the floor. Kevin just, he'd already said and decided and determined that he was going to play the starters in three, six to eight minute segments. And once those segments are up, he's going to play the youngsters. Okay. So that's pretty much what the fourth quarter ball went okay. down to. And I'll accept that. I mean, that's what it was. You got to find out what you got. Yeah, and that's just what he said. I had to find out what he had. He wasn't thrilled with how he played. Rockets turned the ball over 22 times. I had to write up some of my men's who's blog. Got post game from uh, Coach McHale on the Hoops blog as well as the Round Bar View channel. Folks are getting the idea of what we're doing here. I got videos, interviews on the Round Bar View YouTube channel. Wacket got videos on his YouTube channel. Information's out there for you, so you know, give us a chance. Check us out. Spread the word about what we're doing on all sports. For Wildcats' case, because he is a college sports reporter. My main thing is basketball. Doc is the HBCUs, uh, football and basketball, all the sports really when it comes to what Doc deals with. But uh Rocket starters played well except for Jonathan Smoty Eunice. He didn't look to she did not look to shoot the ball. He passed it. He did score. 
That's when free throws, things of that sort. But he was in the not the first quarter, first half. So he caught the ball fast. I mean, the ball went in his hand one second before it was passed to somebody else. The, the basket could have been next to him, a foot by his side. I don't think he even shot it in. He just caught it and passed it to James Harden or, or Jeremy Lin or, or Dwight Howard, Chandler Parsons. Donatus Demo, as people call him, looked like the, as one of our colleagues said, looked like the sixth option of the Rockets starting five. Not the fifth, the sixth option in the, in the offense. Uh, Terrence Jones came out and scored double figures, but neither one of them did well on defense. Anthony Davis took them both to score. What do you expect? Anthony Davis is better player <laughs> than, than both of them, but I think Paul Ford is still in the weakest position for the Rockets, but uh, kudos to uh, newcomer Armory Caspi, uh, six seven six eight forward, show people who haven't seen him play before that he can shoot. They can also take the ball to the hole. Uh, he finished around the basket as well. He's a very good perimeter shooter. Having come off the bench will be a plus. Uh, Mikhail and the Rockets are looking for somebody to fill Carlos Delfino's minutes from last year. And one thing Lowe's did, he was he was a streak shooter from outside. I think Armory's a better perimeter shooter more consistently. Carlos was stronger and was able to defend power forward to forwards when the Rockets play small ball. So Coach Mikhail said that he, he believes that Army can do that. Even though Army's probably not as strong as Carlos. He's a little taller than Carlos, but not as strong, not as big as Carlos. So it's going to be a good year for the Rockets. Wildcat, I'm not ashamed to say it. I put it on Twitter last night. And it was retweeted a few times that basketball-wise here in Houston, among the Rockets, U of H men and the TSU men, hell, I'll even throw in the TSU women. There's going to be a lot of winning going on here in basketball town, in H town this year on the basketball court. So for all you out-of-towners, you come in the, you come in the Hawthorne, you come in the HPE, you come to the Toyota Center, you be prepared to lose and go home with hell. Because there's going to be some bucking going on in the on back. You know, I like this. I like, I like that. And that's KG saying that. And it's like October that. 6th. I said that. We're just doing practice right now. And, we had and the, the games that he's talking I'm seeing good things on the basketball floor. I see what I like. I've seen enough things to impress me. Barring injuries, of course, and catastrophic injuries. Because one thing, I think all, all these teams are deep enough to overcome minor injuries to a key player. But uh, <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of winning going on here. Notice who I didn't mention. That's all I'm gonna say. You, if you can listen to what I said about Bucket, who did not who, didn't hear anything from Rice, I didn't, didn't hear anything from HBU. Uh, and even though I do believe HBU men will be better uh, this year than Southland, I think HBU women will, will be better this year on the basketball floor. Coach Finney over HBU her first year there, I think she's slowly turning that program around. But didn't hear anything. Didn't hear anything. I didn't say it was, and we already know. But uh, up to 290 there with PV as well as further up 290 with right. Aggies. So I expect them to do well as well. But you know what I didn't mention locally. You can figure it out. And, and I'm, and heck, you even talked about St. Thomas winning. They're yeah. still win. But who I didn't mention, you know I didn't mention. <clears throat> so that's all I'm going to say about and all that. I brought this up in my uh, in my class now, you know, people in the area, they always talk about, uh, you, we hadn't heard from you from about so-and-so. Well, do you really care about so-and-so? And does so-and-so really care about you? So what do you mean? No information. Hard to get information from. I mean, I'm just being real. You know, and I'm on campus enough to where at least somebody out of SID, the uh, marketing person, hey, come on by. Um, we got something going on. Well, thank you. At least somebody let me know. 
Right. So I'm gonna find out. Uh, I'll find it from HBU tomorrow. I got, got a. Uh, I have a interview with a football program in the morning. Because uh, I start out early. Because on Mondays it's, it's that during football season and night basketball is is creeping in. Oh, uh, it. Uh, you know, it's a crossover, so you gotta sit to balance your time out. By the way. You know, my concerns have been with the Rockets. How is that working out between the two big guys? You well, see in practice. And I, I know that there's been some injury situations. And Omer, he's, he's been hurt. He's not being bothered by Cass. He hasn't practiced so much at all. So they haven't had a chance to play side-by-side. Omer and Dwight, so that hasn't been seen yet on the floor. Marcus Camby's old. And, you know, so you're not going right. to play practice yeah. a lot. Well, how, anyway. like, uh, how much is Coach looking for, forward to attempting to make, make that work and all? To, okay. he, yeah, he wants to. He, he definitely wants to give it a shot to see if it works. He wants to see if Omir and Dwight can play together. Uh, Greg Smith is battling injuries as well, so I hadn't had a chance to see him on the floor. Um, and based on defensively, what I saw Saturday in the preseason game, Donatus and Terrence Jones defensively have a long way to go to get uh, um, I don't ever want to hear that. where they want to be because from Coach McHale and the key players Dwight, James, Chandler, Jeremy Lynn they realize that to get where they want to go playoffs the bench you got to be the playoffs the bench got to play well defensively starters and reserves and considering Donatus and Terrence or Terrence are the starting power forward. That's the weakest position. So that's going to be the biggest concern. Uh, Patrick Beverly last night stripped Drew Holiday for the Pelicans three or four times, stripped him butt naked. He could have left Drew Holiday out there wearing his jock strap. He stripped him clean, picked him out of the half court a couple of times in the, in the second half. And Drew Holiday is, is, a, is no joke as a point guard. And Patrick Beverly's made him look like one. So, but. 22 turnovers was a problem for the Rockets last night. It was a game that if they wanted to keep stuck with starters, they'd have won the game. It would have, would have been no question about that. But it's preseason. That's just what preseason is for. To give everybody a chance to see what you have, see how they play, and react to certain situations. And it's going to be taking a lot of ball game this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to say this in, in my KG way from the crowd. On the female side I saw last night at Toyota Center, it's winning. It will be the end thing. So I'm going to say I'm going to be nice and respectful. Being at Toyota Center, being at, being at Rockets game, is not once again going to be the end thing. Because there were some... Events. It's, it's going to be a big event at the week. It's going to be an event to be at Toyota Center. So that's all I'm saying. Take it, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, before we get the, get too far away from now, how did Jeremy Lane look last night? How did he, you know, because he's been a, he's been a, a topic, uh, uh, not so much a sore spot, but just been a topic this whole uh, off season. He he shot the ball well. Um, yeah, he worked on his shot throughout the off season. That looked much better. Uh, he's still going to the right all the time, you know. But but if the opponent. Can't is not good enough to make you go to your weekend. Why bother going to your weekend? If you That's get true. it done with the strong hand, keep on doing it. And so he did that last night. Off the rivers for the Pelicans <clears throat> last night was in attack mode against the non-starters, and he 
he he basically let them you know, know like they he, were non-starters for a reason. Yeah, because he yeah. was he he took 18 shots from off the bench. Now 18 shots, he scored 21 points, seven for 18. Uh, he missed a free throw that could ice the game, but he was in attack mode. You talking about Jeremy Lin going to his right all the time? Off the river the same way. He went to his right over and over and over again. He looked much better last night than did last season's rookie year. He looked completely clueless rookie year with last season. And last season, he should have stayed at Duke. That's how it looked like. He should not even go into the pros. But last night, he played well. It's like he has improved his game somewhat. Was he Because he's not really Eric Gordon is, is the best guard. Right. For oh. Pelican. Don't we know it? And uh, Tyreek Evans last night got a primary thing today, but he rolled his ankle last night, x rays, I believe, or, or even MRI. He rolled it real bad in the first half, making a floater in the, in the paint, came down on someone's foot, uh-huh. rolled it, got help to the, to, off the uh, court to the locker room, put no weight on his foot at all, none whatsoever. So we'll see how, how that goes. Because uh, at the worst, if it's a high ankle sprain, you know, it's going to be a while for him to come back from that. Right. So hopefully that'll work out for him. Once again, so how can folks find you? You can find me online at Twitter and uh, uh, TweetDeck and YouTube at AKSVDCSR. On Blogger, you can find me at AKSVDCSR, College Sports Report. And I am, oh, you touched on this. Yeah, yeah I guess you haven't started it yet. What about you on Instagram, sir? That will be when I receive a my uh, smartphone, uh, the new phone that, that that will allow me to do such. Uh, right now, uh, I attempted to do it using my uh, my camera, but then I have to set up a uh, Wi-Fi account that will through uh, uh, my camera manufacturer to allow me to do that. But I mean, it's, it's, the function is there. It's just that I have to. I'm having issues now with figuring it all out because it's a software now that allows us to do it. Uh, but it's coming. It's coming. And that's, I found out there's some things online, social wise, social media wise, you definitely need a phone to, to get it, get some things done. Uh, to, but the new thing that I'm, I'm kind of like playing with right now is telly. Only because it allows you longer than the 45 seconds, or the 30 seconds, or 15 seconds uh, on Instagram or whatever to to do, and it's started being a little bit fun. But uh, one thing is for sure, you know, I'm getting there, and I'll have it. It'll be something that uh, before uh, before Christmas gets here for sure, uh, because to see if everything's starting to put me in a situation now to, to get these uh, to get that because I've just sprung for a camera so uh, it's all about what's important in the immediate future and in this business electronically and social media wise you gotta go with what's going and we are going to uh, Tuesday the Wildcat and I will oh, be in Dallas let us not forget that for Karma Tuesday Media Day for all uh, 32 basketball coaches men and women <laughs> that's going to be a uh, uh, so, call like no other we haven't had one of those in a long time so that's going to be interesting uh, and then next Sunday's podcast the Wildcat and I will be in Connecticut preparing for the American Athletic Conference Women's Media Day yep. and then a few days later that week the Wildcat and I will be in Memphis for the men's there you go. Of the American Athletic Conference Media Day so Check out our blogs. Check out the website. Um, 
We'll see how things go. There will be a podcast next Sunday. Don't worry about that. So we'll put that together. We'll make it maybe later on, post it later on in the evening. Folks, uh, we know how to make that work. But it'll get done, so don't worry about that. That'll be one of our goals, to get that done. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, the podcast is also available on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. Tell your friends about it, tweet about it, share it, like it. Um, email us comments, email us suggestions, email us if you are going to give us some money via sponsorship. Cause we're looking forward to that because we, we're trying to do bigger and better things. And we enjoy doing this. But it'd be great if we could start spicing in some sponsorship. This is brought to you by Company X, Company Y, Company Z. Because April... The Wildcat and I will be in Nashville at the Women's Final Four. Yes, we will. And Wildcat may also be in Arlington for the Men's Final Four. Yes, so we will. So that's what we're that's our goals to get those two things done as well. I'm gonna wrap it up. In conclusion, as I always say, as I still look at my feeble fantasy football scores, and as I shake my head and wonder why <laughs> I didn't that. put Tom Brady, why I didn't put Sam Bradford in rather than Tom Brady. Sam Bradford has more points than Tom Brady. What is wrong with fantasy football nowadays? What is wrong with these people? What is wrong? What is wrong? But the Texans play Sunday evening. Last week's podcast, I was giving credit to the good Matt Schaub. And then at the end of the podcast, the bad Matt Schaub showed up and got through the pick six. So since the Texans are playing Sunday night, I won't have to go into all that stuff. They're playing the 49ers this evening. Watch it on the NBC. I'm not going to jinx them or anything like that. So, wrap it up. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs>